Welcome to Breaking Bread Year in Edition for 2022. This year we explored a number of ongoing issues which I predict will continue well into 2023, such as the economy, which had a number of breakout shows on it which include the employment issue, the housing market, and the future of small business. Breaking Bread went on location this year to illustrate the Detroit housing market as well as view how New York is shaping up following the pandemic. While we're on the subject of the Corona-19 virus, we had a number of predictions including the origin of the coronavirus, the many lies of big tech, which include the resurgence of the controversy with TikTok when it comes to the security of your information. Finally, with regards to security, it wouldn't be a challenging year without a cybersecurity threat or threats. Many of the attacks never hit mainstream media, but we talk about it here on Breaking Bread. We kick off our year in celebration with black business ownership. We featured a different entrepreneur each week during Black History Month. They shared information about their businesses, as well as provided thoughts on the future of small business ownership in the black community. JDR Consulting owner Janice Robinson jump-started our special series as she walked us through her company's role on getting political candidates to the ballot. So that selection process for JDR Consulting, one, one of the things that we do now, we, when, when people are, come to us uh, and ask about our working with them on their campaign, one of the first things that we do is have them complete one of our candidate profiles. Uh, we use that uh, to give them a chance to you know, really do some self-thought about what it takes to run for office, why they want to run for office, uh, the resources that they have to run for office. It also gives us a chance to kind of get an idea of who this person is. And if we, uh, we use that then to decide whether or not we're going to take them on as a candidate. During the time period where I sat down with owner-operator Paige Stewart of Play-by-Play -play Records, the sale of vinyl had risen over 20%, according to RIAA's Mid-Year Music Review Report. Peyton, who prides himself on the retail side of the recording business, sells that hard-to-find record. During this clip, he outlines one of the reasons why the sale of vinyl is doing so well. We get someone in, um, it seemed like someone in that was been shopping with us for the last 30 years, and now we just watch them generation, their kids, and now their kids' kids is coming in there, you know, and, and so forth. So we just had a person come in that just was back in the area for the first time in like 20-something years, and you told me that they used to ride their bike over here to the store, you know, that type of what stuff. You know. You, you know what I mean? Oh, they walk. You know, I had one guy that seen me in the store, and once he found out who I was, he was like, man, I used to walk from this distance over there and for just conversation. Part, it was probably like a five mile walk when he was a, a young man, you know, before he was able to, right, to, to see the artist that was coming to the store and buy their music after they got their allowance and so forth. So I get that quite often, you know, that, you know, the people are just, you know, that been with me for all these years. Play-by-play -play records is located in Zion, Illinois, and Peyton says if you can't find the song you're looking for, to come see him. He also has apparel for your fashion needs. What do we say in my line of business at Same Page Insurance? People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. Our next guest during our Black History Business Ownership Series, Lucy Taylor of Kaiser Financial Solutions, outlines the importance of wealth mentality during this clip. 
She actually echoes the sentiment of breaking bread. Change your mind and your wallet. Someone who came out of poverty myself, I can tell you the main thing is the mindset. You know, I'm a Charlotte native and I grew up uh, over off the Graham Street area and that was a very impoverished area at the time, but now through gentrification, it has, you know, developed. But anyway, I noticed looking back, the mindset, there's a mindset with poverty as there is a mindset with anything else. You know, you want to lose weight, you fix your mindset, you go get the necessary equipment, the necessary foods. So with poverty and trying to climb out of that, you have to start first with the determination. Okay, I'm going to do this. Now, the next thing I find that I had to do and, you know, all the the wealthy-minded people around me, they surrounded themselves with different people. But if everybody around you has that poverty mindset of, hey, the new sneakers are coming out, let's go and put $200 towards that instead of Mm -hmm. $200. You know what I mean? It's difficult. So... You just kind of stay in that category. You don't really move beyond it if you're not careful. If you're not careful, yes. So that's the first thing because everything starts in the mind. So fixing that mindset and then education. Because let's be honest, if everybody around you is poor and comfortable comfortable with that, they're not trying to move. So luckily, we live in a day and age where you can Google, you can YouTube, you can go to the library if you want to go old school. Find out you know, what is one of the biggest ways to generate wealth? Or what is it that you like to do, your niche? It just happened to be my niche was finances. And I just so happened, well, not just so happened, God ordained it to put me in circles and in workplaces where that was what I did. So I come from working for major banks, you know, Wells, B of A, investment firms. So I'm always around money. So I taught I, I got what I learned from the corporations and the people around me, and I just kind of sprinkled it back to my friends and family. We want to point out how the numbers stack up among the areas of ownership as we navigate through the Black Business Ownership Series. For example, you heard from JDR Consulting CEO Janice Robinson where in her field, according to Zapia, African-American political consultants only make up a little more than 7% of her field. When it comes to black financial advisors, the number is even lower, hovering at around 5%, which would place financial planner Lucy Taylor well within the minority. The numbers for black record store owners are so low, I will put it in perspective for you this way. The number of what is the percentage of black-owned businesses overall in the U.S. is only about 5%. For a complete breakdown on those numbers, such as sole proprietor, with no employees versus those with employees, for example, I invite you to visit blackdemographics.com which takes us to our final guest in this series. President and CEO of Sisters in Motion, Inc., Donna Rents, who outlines why event planners make up only about 10% of her field. Certain cultures now, and especially our culture, um, we have now gotten to the place like where, I guess, even with the question that you asked me earlier about where can you find a specific person for um, an event planning we usually plan our own things, you know, like we're planning our barbecue. We're not hiring anybody to plan the barbecue for us. Um, but you think about the Quinceañeras and the different other cultures that have events that are planned as a um, organized, more organized event. And now, probably in the last 20 or 30 years or so, it's gotten to be more prevalent.
That concludes our Black Business Ownership Series. Normally on the show, you hear me in a discussion with one or more guests, but this time, I decided to go solo where a number of topics were discussed. I spoke intently on what it means if the war in Ukraine were to continue, also covered how China is moving forward and surpassing us as a world power, and how how much of America, as well as our elected officials, are sweeping this threat under the rug. Plus, the master plan to phase out your car and move on to public transportation. When you know what the truth is and what is going on, everything that is happening right now makes perfect sense. This is part of what I had to say in March of 2022. I mentioned earlier that stocks were down, but not all the stocks were down. Uh, to put it in perspective, early this week, they were down about 11% in the U.S., but to really make it relevant, stocks were down in Russia about 50%. But some people were okay with it. For example, the defense stocks were up, because think about it going to war that's going to happen energy stocks are up so your oil is over a hundred dollars per gallon depending on per barrel rather depending on you know what day you're talking about so of course the oil company is going to like that i mean exxon Mobil, chevron because oil prices are up i mentioned earlier about the keystone pipeline and shutting that down it really does make a difference when you do that to put that in perspective think of it this way you had 595,000 gallons of oil that are coming from Russia. With the pipeline in place, you're looking at about 800,000 gallons of oil. So put those numbers together and see what you come up with. Now, the futures were down, to be fair. So the banks do business across the border, so such as Barclays, uh, the British bank, J.P. Morgan. They're the largest American bank. So, yeah, when that happens, that's going to affect your stock. Here's how it's going to affect you. Now, the Fed was planning to raise interest rates as part of the reason to fight inflation. But the question is, will they still do it with the war going on? And where do investors, where are they going to put their money where it's safe? Some may argue bonds. Um, Gold was uh, up 5% this past month. That was at a one-year high. Bitcoin is down 30% over the past three months. Now, before People were saying, hey, cryptocurrency, that, that's the place where you want to put your money. I'm not saying that it isn't, but I'm just saying over the past three months, it was down 30%, and people weren't expecting that. They thought that, well, think of it this way. People thought this would be the digital equivalent to gold. The argument was that this is where people would move their money, where the market and the rest economy became uncertain. Why? Because when governments fight one another, one might think investors would go to the currency that is in control by any government. To put this in perspective for you, Bitcoin price has been more in line with tech stocks than it has been in line with gold. Again, gold is considered more of a safe investment. So, to the casual observer, it appears cash and gold have been the place of comfort, not cryptocurrency. But we'll keep an eye on the market on that one. As you know, it was an election year, and our goal here at Breaking Bread is to educate as many voters as possible. Later, we sat down with Colin Austin, who at the time was the newly elected president of the African-American Caucus of the North Carolina Democratic Party. She outlined what it happens when you don't have an organized precinct. I will give a, um, a recent prime example that actually happened here in Mecklenburg County. Um, I can't remember the year, so I'm sorry for that. But there was an instance where the sheriff's office became vacant. Um, the office was held by a Democrat, and it wasn't an issue of the whole entire county getting involved to choose and elect 
their next sheriff. It was up to the Democratic precincts because it was a democratically held office at the time to understand who was going to fill that seat. And if a precinct isn't organized, they don't get that authority. They basically get left out of choosing who's representing them whenever we come into instances like that. You are listening to Breaking Bread Year in Recap for 2022. I'm Terry Page. If you've missed any episodes, now is the time to catch up. I always enjoy when good friend and Breaking Bread contributor Jose Angeles comes in on the show. The banter alone is always fun, plus we always provide streamlined information that may help you in your daily life. This particular day, we were talking about how much money goes into your wallet based on where you live. What's interesting about that is I notice that corporations tend to do things when it's convenient for them. I'll give an example. Because their argument has always been, well, we pay for the position. The position pays this. Now, you may come along and say, hey, I can offer all these other great things to this position. And it's, oh, that's great, but it's only going to pay this amount. Pandemic hits, and all of a sudden, they change your tune. And it's like, oh, well, the position doesn't pay that. We're going to look at where you're working. Think about the people who've, who come to their employer and say, oh, my goodness, I've got child care. I've got the mortgage. i got rent. and need you to pay more, more money. It says, nope, we don't look at that. We look at the position. Right? Mm-hmm. Think about yeah, it. That's correct. So now, all of a sudden, we want to turn things around and charge differently based on your home circumstances. So how do those two really match up? I mean, that's that. Like I said, that's the game now that you're going to play. And that, but the, yeah, it's the same thing. The companies is going to be convenient for them. That's what the decision that they're going to make. That uh, remember, like for example, in San Francisco, what is happening with all that tech companies over there? A lot of people working from home. They want to move out of San Francisco. They don't want to pay that rent. It's expensive. They don't. They don't want to live in that city, for. Or any other reason. And then the company saying, like Google, for example, is saying, okay, so you have less salary because you're going outside of here. So it's it's a game that you need to play now. Here's what I see. Um, I see people um, starting to see differently. They're, they're seeing a different perspective. And they're going, I can make different decisions. For, for or the longest cities and municipalities were choking people with taxes as well. You got your job here. We're going to kill you with these taxes, and you had no choice. Now people have a choice, and they can go elsewhere, and the government especially doesn't like it. And they're trying to think of ways where they can put yeah. money back in their own pocket. And I, and I saw that there are some cities that actually are forcing, for ex- especially banks, for example, they're forcing now that the employees need to go to their banks' um, positions in, in physically. Uh, go to the places because they want to start paying more gas. They want to, again, going out for food. Yes. Uh, you know, keep moving to, money. To move that, econ- to move that economy yeah. along. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially with the banks. I read that. So uh, a lot of financial institutions, they are calling them back because you know that there is a lot of um, uh, headquarters different in, in different cities sure. and states. So they're, especially here in North Carolina, we have Bank of America. Bank of America. So they're for, trying to force uh, the employment to go back place right and in california you've got you mentioned california wells fargo mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, and they're trying to get those economies moving. Again, you want you want those tax dollars rolling. You don't want to lose that money. Increasing mortgage rates in 2022 put pressure on the housing market after home prices hit record highs. But according to Forbes, mortgage rates have begun to decline in recent weeks. Here's a message to home buyers realtor broker Shana Neely had when we broke bread with her earlier this year. You know, this is still a good option for you. It might be a little bit farther from Charlotte, as long as it gives you what your family needs. But keeping your goals in mind and being flexible. We're finding that when people aren't flexible, that's definitely a major deal killer. At the time we sat down with her, she was a Mecklenburg County magistrate. Following her appearance on Breaking Bread, she was elected district court judge. During our talk, Samantha Mobley outlined what she would do if elected. I grew up in a home that did foster care for children. And so children would come to live with us when they were victims of abandonment or neglect, when they had been physically abused, sexually abused, or their parents suffered with drug addiction. So growing up, overall, I've had 17 different foster brothers and sisters. Wow. And so each of those were separate cases. Each of those um, people that came to live with us was a result of, of what the court had decided. So I've been seeing very up close for a long time the court's effect on families. So I've seen the pain that the children experience because they can't be with their mom or dad, and they want to be with their mom or dad. Sure. I see, have seen the pain that the parents experience because they want to be with their children but are just not in a position to properly care for their children. And so um, that is what got me inspired to want to get involved with the law in the first place. And if elected district court judge, I'm going to work very hard to come up with healthy solutions for families while they're struggling to get to where they need to be. Breaking Bread went on location where we caught up with Supreme Lending Loan Officer Robert Page in the heart of Detroit. You can catch much of the imagery from the trip on our Instagram and Facebook page. More immediate, Rob wants renters and first-time home buyers to know what some of your options as well as requirements are when purchasing that new home. As far as uh, you know, cash to close goes, the money that you, the total amount of money that you need to bring to the closing table, I mean that differs, right? That depends on how much of a down payment you want to put down. If we're talking minimum down payment, three and a half percent, three percent, five percent, somewhere something along those lines. Um, now, it's not just your down payment that you're bringing to the closing table. It's closing costs. You know, our fees as a mortgage company to actually do the mortgage, title fees, appraisal, um, and then you know there's prepaid taxes and prepaid insurance. Now, um, that kind of stuff differs a little bit from from you know state to state but uh you know in michigan there's uh, a winter tax and there's a summer tax that comes out every year you have to bring 12 months worth of those tax bills to the, to the closing table and that's something that you have to pay up front and it goes into an escrow account and stuff like that so yeah so <laughs> and you know the price point which you buy at it it, it all differs right and yeah. like i said if you're in a down payment assistance program where you can get help that differs. So, um, you know, on a hundred thousand dollar property, uh, just you know, start off at you know low end of things. You, you can get down payment assistance, and you know, the state of Michigan has a wonderful program called Mishta, where you can get seventy five hundred to ten thousand dollars in down payment assistance to help for you know your closing costs, help 
you know, go towards your closing costs. Okay, that's good to know. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, you can bring, you know, as little as 1% to the closing table. Um, so, you know, you can, on a $100,000 house, depending on what the property taxes are and stuff like that, you know, you could potentially only have to bring $1,000 to the closing table and you have a house. Hacking is big business for cybersecurity criminals. Hackers get into your company's network, hold the information for ransom, then charge that organization a fee to get the information back. CrowdSec CEO Philip Umay joined us from Western France and advised how the threats had increased at the start of the pandemic, which is why a lot of employers are not too excited about you working from home. At the, during the first initial months of the lockdown, we saw time four. Time four, and the, the way they were trying to get into the companies was actually very smart. They said, okay, people are home. And you know what? Now home is an extension of the global system of a company. So if you say JP Morgan and you have people working from home, JP Morgan has to include part of the household network into its own network through VPNs or stuff like that. But it's not safe. I mean, your home environment is absolutely not safe and secure enough to be part of a company uh, network. So what happened is there, there was some uh, porosity in between your home network and your company network eventually, right? That's why most of companies were not ready to deploy VPNs on or, or remote work uh, capacities. Now it's better, but at, at the very inception of the lockdowns, a lot was done uh, to attack uh, people so that you can get from their home into their company network. And it was not so complicated because they had very basic uh, Wi-Fi system at home that can be broken quite easily. Uh, they had a weak access point, maybe the kiddo had an Android device where you installed whatever crap uh, that could uh, help a cyber criminal roam into his household and then extract data or eventually connect to the, to the, to the company network. So yeah, yeah, I mean, it changed a lot the, the, the stage. So much of your personal information has been compromised. There has been a resurgence to ban TikTok for, their, for this very reason. Plus, a former counterterrorism analyst for the Defense Department says the app gives China the ability to monitor your location. Congress passed a large spending package that includes a bill banning TikTok from being used on government devices. Brick and Bread recently reported that several states had banned the app on government devices prior to this move by Congress. Break and Break contributor Shadow told us during our November discussion that he is skeptical of an all-out ban. I will just say, I, I've honestly fallen off this conversation. I don't even look at this kind of stuff anymore. But when I did look at it, I think it was 2020 when Trump was looking at trying to, uh, trying to ban it, right? And then he partnered with... I believe it was Walmart and Oracle. Oracle, mm -hmm. yeah, trying to make their own American version of, of TikTok. And like you said, your original question, TikTok, what makes it so special? Why not get on American apps? Well, I mean, a they don't want to, but b TikTok is known as having the crown jewels of the best algorithm out there, right? So as we all know, to, uh, any any social media is going to feed you curated content that isn't even in a chronological order anymore. It's just going to be what they think you want to see. A lot of people have claimed that TikTok has the best curated content for exactly what people want to see, when and exactly how. So, I mean, and, you know, we've all heard the stories of how they have the best algorithm and all that. Well, that's why, right? If American, uh, if American social media like Twitter would get its act together, right, they would be able to support, you know, a, a 
a user base that would keep coming back. So again, as far as safety and security, it comes up, it's up to you. And as far as what you want to use it for, it's also up to you. But I really don't think the U.S. is going to ban it. As a friendly reminder, be sure to catch our updates through social media, such as Instagram and Facebook, where you saw stories about the railroad strike threat, FTX, and our on-location adventures in the Big Apple. We also enjoy the fun stuff, such as today in music history. That closes out our 2022 year review. It's truly a blessing to finish out another great year of Breaking Bread. Join us in 2023 as we kick off Season 4 with more great information and interesting guests. Special thanks to our behind-the-scenes crew who assisted at some point during the year. Sam Williams, Imam McAllister, Modina Meeks, and Taylor Benduce. Of course, I appreciate our sponsor who joined the Breaking Bread team, Magic Mind. I have personally used it, enjoyed it, and have taken advantage of a stress-free day. Visit magicmind.co forward slash bread and use promo code 20 to receive 20% off your first order and 40% off your subscription. What you heard is for informational purposes. Breakin' Bread is not recommending any securities. There is no investment advice being offered and the information provided on this show should not be taken as such. Breaking Bread is a production of Artists for the People. Follow us on Twitter at Breaking Bread 101. That's break, the letter N as November, Bread 101. Or catch us on Instagram, Breaking Bread Podcast. Check us out on Facebook or visit our website at breakingbread.biz. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Breaking Bread 101. Give us a listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts app, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our theme music was composed by Ludwig Van Beethoven. Breaking Bread was created by Terry Page. Success is when opportunity meets preparation. We wish you a happy and healthy and prosperous new year. Until next time.